Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 140. You got Chris and Brian, and today we are going to go over some cold, wet, winter, late fall weather. It's Ohio. It gets nasty. <laughs> you know the deal. Uh, preps and stuff for that. Yeah, I mean, guys, I'm going to, we're talking about some of the, you know, starting kind of from the ground up mentality, but like Brian said, we're in Ohio. Um, we've already had some, you know, down near 50 degree nights overnight. Um, and if you were outside and it was raining, 50 degrees um, in the rain without rain gear sucks. Uh, 40 degrees is maybe life threatening. 30s and rainy is you so better have good gear. Say. Yeah, you better have good gear. You're in trouble. Um, at, at one point 20 years ago, or maybe even as recently as 10 years ago, I was studying um, you know, some, some data and some reports like after action kind of reports from guys who do rescue work and stuff like that in the national park system. Um, believe it or not, it's actually not the national park system doing most of the rescues. It's local EMS services and local rescue groups. Uh, a lot of volunteers, a lot of law enforcement, um, a lot of volunteer fire folks doing that kind of stuff. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that stuck out to me that I read over and over and over again, if it's, if it's like 25 or 30 degrees, and you can find someplace out of the wind to shelter up, you're dry. Um, if it's if it's 35 to 45 degrees or 35 to 50 degrees, and that range is actually where you find the most hypothermia failures and, and people dying from that. Uh, Ohio has a whole lot of that, but what Ohio doesn't have is a whole lot of like the Appalachian Trail in Tennessee or the Appalachian Trail in North Carolina where you're literally on the side of a mountain miles and miles and miles from anything. The good news in Ohio is you could probably just start stumbling in a certain direction and you're going to hit a road. Um, not quite like that in some of the national parks, especially yeah. the bigger parks and some of the bigger open areas. Uh, but there's still the reality check that let's compound that now with an injury. Uh, maybe you've been in a fight and been injured, or maybe you just stepped on a rock and broke your ankle. Um, one of our good customers found himself on basically a five-mile crawl uh, while doing some trail running and having a very, very bad ankle break at one point. Uh, and literally crawled for miles before somebody found him and helped him get out of the woods. It, um, thank God it was summertime. If it had been, you know, in the fall or in the spring or over the winter, you know, you could be looking at 40 degrees and rainy. That's a really bad situation. So uh, starting from the ground up, um, without picking too much on brands, but talking a little bit about brands and stuff like that, there's a lot of really good stuff out there. Um, a, a lot of what you're seeing, and, and I, I don't know that I'm using the right nomenclature here, but there's this like clothing trend going on right now um, called like Gorp culture. Um, it's a lot of people going back to like the old, remember the Vasque Sundowner boots uh, and, and Nike there for a while made their ACG series hiking boots that mm -hmm. were ripoffs of Sundowners. Um, there's a lot of that type of culture coming out where people are trying to look for like 1990s vintage outdoor gear, big puffies, big fleece pile. Um, wild colors, uh, Jolbo type glacier glasses. You, you don't even remember glacier glasses, oh, yeah. do you? Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Uh, glacier glasses and stuff like that are coming back and they're getting trendy again if you're in, say, Asheville, North Carolina. Um, if you're in, say, Gatlinburg, if you're in um, Vail, Steamboat, places like that where maybe it's not quite cold enough to go skiing, but you're going to hang out someplace and have a beer. Um, that, starting with that kind of clothing, quite honestly, if you want to look cool around town, there's a boatload of boots you can buy. Some of that's maybe pushed as much into the tactical culture into things too, but stuff from Solomon, stuff from Loa, uh, stuff still from Vask, uh, stuff from Danner. Uh, there's a boatload yeah. of companies out there. Uh, Mammut. Yeah, Mammut. Um, you know, lots of different stuff out there that's available. You know, as either really good nylon products. Um, really good leather products, and then Gore-Tex either way, whichever you go. 
Uh, a lot of the nylon products dry very, very quickly and don't hold water well. They're designed that way. So even if it's not technically a waterproof product, cold and wet still probably going to serve you pretty well because most of them have DWR coatings on them and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, DWR, durable water resistant coatings. Uh, if you look at, at nylon gear or at synthetic outdoor gear, and to some extent natural fibers as well. Some of the new wool stuff is getting yeah. some DWR type treatment, even though it's naturally water repellent. Um, looking from the ground up, good, you know, a good pair of boots, a good pair of hiking shoes, whatever. It doesn't have to be something super tactical. Um, but you know, if you're going out hiking or you're going to go to the range and train, uh, shouldn't matter what the weather's doing, you know, you should be able to get out and do that. You know, the saying is there's, there's no, no bad weather, only bad gear. So start from the ground up, you know, a good pair of boots, good pair of light hikers, uh, or whatever it is you're comfortable in. And then along with that, good socks. Yeah. Smart wools. Or I would say yeah. still the industry standard. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Smart, smart wools, um, darn tough products are outstanding. Um, you know, there's a number of really, really good wool and wool blend socks out there. Um, it, it, merino wool is not your grandpap's rag wool. It's not going to itch you. It's super comfortable. It doesn't get stanky. Um, having said that, rag wool socks that actually fit you properly are a really good option too. It's just the fitment becomes a lot more of an issue with rag wool because you generally don't have the stretchy stuff blended in with it like you would with smart wool. So you're likely to get a better fit um, out of a smart wool or a, a wool synthetic blend. Um, cotton is whack. Uh, if you like cotton, that's cool, but you get it wet, it sucks. Um, so, you know, stay away from cotton if you're worried about cold. Um, yeah, and the thing with the cotton, especially on the socks, that mm -hmm. includes perspiration from your feet getting yep. it wet. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you buy socks by the six or the twelve pack from Wally World, yep, um, those are not what you want. No, generally I would I would agree with that in spades. Um, you're probably going to be unhappy if you actually need to use your feet for an extended period of time. Um, if you have a buddy right now, one of the things that's really hot, you've heard of like go ruck events. Talk to somebody who does rucking, who either trains or does the events, etc. Um, not all the events are like modified CrossFit, mobile CrossFit events. Some of them are actually involved covering significant amounts of distance under load. Um, the folks who do and train for those kind of things will tell you all about it. Um, if you've got a buddy who was an 11B in the Army, um, he will tell you all about good socks, uh, knowing that the ones military issues, issues suck, but the Vermont brand and the darn toughs that a lot of those guys buy uh, that you get at the BX are really good quality products. So talk to somebody about that. Um, stepping away from footwear and moving up. Um, uh, let's start with base layers. Um, again, merino wool or synthetic base layers. Um, I, I hate to throw Patagucci out there, but they still make some of the best products out yeah. there when it comes to layers, when it comes to anything, period. Uh, which, by the way, Patagucci, aren't they now making stuff for the government, for like the GoFast guys? They've been they? making stuff for the GoFast guys They got a line, a but they got a line time. now. They got an actual, like, almost like a leaf, a Patagucci leaf kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so there's some great base layers out there uh, from different companies. It does not have to be something super sexy or expensive. Um, Duluth Trading does some like merino type long johns. Um, and they make them in big boy sizes. And they make them in big boy sizes. Uh, uh, so something to note too, you know, talking about that. Um, we, we tease that, you know, um, our a lot of our customers maybe uh, identify as rather than binary, maybe as, um, uh, uh, gosh, what's... Ginormous petite. Ginormous petite um, and or translender. Um, things of that nature. Um, so, you know, if you're into larger sizes, outdoor research is actually pushing larger sizes now. Uh, a lot of the guys have complained that um, the jackets and stuff like that stop at like single XL. Well, now they do a lot of stuff into the double, triple, and quadruple X now, um, and they're working their way with that stuff throughout their gear line. Um, 
because it's no longer politically correct to fat shame people. And if you don't make stuff in big boy sizes, then you're fat shaming, apparently. So OR in their uh, desire to be uh, an outreach organization as well to make people feel good about things uh, are starting to do big boy sizes, which I love it. So yeah. um, so any of the base layers, you know, good quality base layer, synthetic or, or in merino wool. Um, and then an outer layer, you know, I'm not going to get into insulating layers because we're in Ohio. If you start getting into three layers in Ohio, you're covering about four days a year where it's actually cold enough to need that if you're moving. Um, and that can be something as simple as fleece or whatever. Yeah. One thing for Ohio down yeah. generally doesn't work real well True. because <clears throat> we have so much just humidity in general Yep. and then so much rain as opposed to snow. Yeah. Um, you're a lot better off with some kind of a synthetic insulation like, uh, like Thermaloft. Or yeah, you did, yeah. D down's a beautiful thing if you live in Denver or higher. Yeah. Right? Um, in Ohio, like you said, just the humidity generally in the air. Ohio tends to be comfortable at 60 or 70% humidity, um, but often rides 80, 90%, and you don't notice it because we're used to it. Um, go to someplace like Pahonix uh, or Taos or someplace like that where you're at 6,000 feet. There's no, It's like 20% humidity. It's, it's like, desert. oh my God, it's humid. You know, I mean, yeah. And down works great there, but in Ohio, definitely the synthetic. Um, and there's a, again, back to some of the companies like Patagucci, um, outdoor research, all make synthetic, you know, down substitutes yep. that still work when they're wet. And they also do a really good DWR coating on the outer layers, that sweater, you've got like that little micro puffy sweater, um, from Patagonia or somebody like that. That's, that's brilliant. Oh, yeah, um, the, uh, the nano puffs. Yeah. The nano puffs. Phenomenal. Yep. Great, great layer. If you needed that, that extra layer. Um, and, and I will get into that on the top of the body. When you start getting into your torso, that's where that third layer is something. If it's packable and you can throw in a pack, that thing you can jam down to the size of a freaking baseball or a tennis ball and still have it with you all the time. So if it does get nasty cold, you can throw it on as a layer and it's still going to keep you warm. So, um, so, you know, that kind of stuff, that's also the fleece. The thing is the fleece just doesn't pack down as small. Yep. Um, the going with an outer layer um, on the legs, you know, uh, there's some brilliant soft shell stuff out there. I got a pair of cool pants, uh, KUHL brand pants um, that are soft shell. They're super comfortable even in warmer weather. I wouldn't say hot weather, but warmer, like mid weather, still comfy. But when it gets cold, it's a great layer to have too. And then you throw a pair of long johns under them. They're good, you know, they're good below freezing for sure. Yeah. And maybe even a little better than that. Um, the other thing is they dry out really quick. So if you're moving and doing stuff where you're exerting a lot of energy and then stopping, they will let you dry out and, and, and stay warm pretty well too. Um, going to an actual shell, um, for shell pants and stuff like that, I grew up using like almost like the throwaway plastic stuff. Um, you know, and you see like the guys that work on crab boats and stuff like that wearing basically rubber suits. Um, if, if you're, you know, in that kind of environment, the rubber suit's probably called for because it's more important to stay dry. Um, and it's cold enough, you're probably not going to sweat a whole lot. Um, in general, having something that's waterproof, breathable is a wonderful thing. Finding waterproof, breathable, and durable all in one is an interesting chore. Um, Arcteryx Leaf, again, comes to mind, but you yeah. pay for it. Um, there's probably other brands out yeah, there. Yeah, like Outdoor Research, um, Patagonia. Yep. Um, Arcteryx, again, but on the skier, the snowboard line. Yeah, something that's got some cut protection and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, um, looking for the the heavier duty Gore-Tex, along with as many vents as you can get, so you can yep. open them up when you're moving. Yeah, because even Gore-Tex is supposed to breathe. Um, it anybody who's not worn it, you'll find out that it doesn't breathe like you think it would, like it should, or like you yeah. think it does. Um, the a little bit lighter weight, but also a little bit lighter on the budget. The Gore-Tex, uh, the foray pants or slip-ons. 
Um, from not, outdoor research. Yeah, from outdoor research. Um, that, you know, they're slip-ons, so they're not like Super G-Wiz Tactical. They don't have all the pockets and crap like that. They're very minimalist. But, you know, again, to throw in a package of shell, to throw in a range bag, um, you go out to the range and you get there. By the time you drive 45 minutes or an hour to the range, the weather can change because you can be further <laughs> further from where you looked at the weather, yeah. right? Your phone's telling you you're in the Hilliards, but you end up in the somewhere else's and it's raining there. Um, having a pair of pants like that to slip on when you're in that 30 to 50 degree weather is really, really nice. Um, and if you have the right belt and stuff like that, you can put it on over it and go on. So, um, but yeah, you know, just some things to consider there. Uh, torso stuff, same thing with the layers back, you know, exact same yeah. conversation. Now you maybe you're adding a third layer for warmth. Um, you know, and that, again, that's that, that's that shell. Or, I mean, that, that's that fleece. That's that puffy sweater, that whatever, but not down yeah. and, and not cotton preferably, you know, see guys throw on. Sometimes guys will bring uh, some of the other stuff too. a good layer in that regard, kind of pinballing here a little bit. Um, the old military actual wool pullover sweaters. There were some that like buttoned at the top. There were some that were um, crew necks or some of the like law enforcement sweaters from back in the 90s that were synthetic or wool. The, the prototypical SAS commander Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just like that. The stuff that I'm, yeah, the SAS sweaters and the military did some of the things, same things too. Um, beware, our military used some cotton stuff at some point as well. Avoid that. But the wool ones were, they're, they're pretty brilliant. And if you, if you buy them inch medium, you know, in that size down, they fit fairly tightly. They still give you the pockets to warm you, um, but they don't give you a lot of bagginess. So they fit as a mid layer underneath things fairly easily and, and don't inhibit your movement and stuff like that. You don't end up Michelin manned up and not able to move. So, um, hats and gloves. Uh, hats, gloves, scarves, accessories, stuff like that. Uh, what's the what? What did your grandma used to tell you? You lose sixty percent of your heat losses through your noggin. Yeah. So you know, a good a good wool watch cap, um, a good synthetic lightweight cap. Um, Arcteryx does a again not to pick on Arc, but they do a lightweight like merino wool skull cap that yeah. is a great layer. Um, Outdoor Research does some fleece stuff that has a soft shell exterior that is brilliant. Um, stops the wind. If it's a light rain, it'll keep the rain off of you, but it still breathes fairly well. Um, but it stops the wind really well, which is kind of cool because fleece generally doesn't do that. Uh, a good tight knit wool hat will do that, but it's going to be warm. It, it better be chilly or it better be wet, one or the other. Um, or you better be stopped. Or you, yeah, exactly. Um, and then also along with that too, um, OR, you know, I, I love just a generic boonie hat to keep rain off of you, but when it starts getting cold, the boonie hats are cotton, they do soak through. It's better than not having a hat on at all. Um, but if you go to like Outdoor Research does their Seattle Sombrero, um, another brilliant piece of gear that's got, you know, it, it's, it's dopey looking, but man, does it work. It keeps the rain off the back of your neck. Um, you can fold it up in different places. There's Velcro tabs to fold it up and keep it out of your eyes if you're shooting, if you're proned out in oddball positions. Uh, phenomenal piece of gear. From, um, and from the 90s. And from the night exactly, from the 90s. So if you wanted to buy it in Gorp Culture Colors or whatever they're calling that now, um, Gorp. I did not know that Gorp is good old raisins and peanuts. That's what the word Gorp yeah. stands for. Trail mix, baby. How did I not know that? I mean, like I'm old enough. That should be a thing. I should know. Anyway, um, so uh, hats and stuff like that. You know, real big deal. If you're, you know, again, if you're pulling out something that you know, that looks cool, make sure it works. That's fine. I don't care if it looks cool or not. Um, but we've had guys, you know, at at war in inclement places like Afghanistan and the mountains for 20 years. Um, even some of the new surplus stuff is pretty solid. Um, some of the fleece hats and stuff like that are pretty solid. Uh, a generic waterproof 
Booney hat's probably going to be good enough. It just may not breathe. It may not have quite as big a rim, etc. cetera. Uh, but it may be functional for other things better. Yeah. Uh, uh, when it comes to scarves, the neck tube actually works a lot better. Yep. Uh, Arcteryx has one called the Row, which is made out of lightweight wool. Yeah. Um, phenomenal. Get down to zero degrees. Yeah. And the row, that same material or that same line is like the skull cap I was yep. talking about. Uh, just phenomenal stuff. Uh, and when you pick it up, you're like, wow, this is so lightweight. Is it really going to do anything? Um, but when you put it on, it does a brilliant job. And again, being wool keeps you warm when it's wet. Um, you can wring it out and shake the water out of it and put it right back on and it warms right back up really quick and it dries out fast. So big fan of that line of stuff. Um, additionally, uh, you know, your good old fashioned wool scarf. Um, now I, I would, I would throw this out to not, not the collegiate, um, scarlet and, and scarlet and gray one. That's like nine feet long that you wrap around you. That's that or your the, grandmother the, knitted you or something black like that. Black and gold one that's yeah. 12 feet long. Yeah. You know, the great big, you know, the, those, those can be fine, but they're going to have a hard place hiding the rest of that underneath your gear. What um, was it about superheroes and capes. Exactly. Yeah. Hanging behind, you know, don't, don't get choked out by your cape, you know, cause then you're not a superhero anymore. Um, but there's the reality check for some of these long scarves. Um, your, your, your grandma or grandpa probably wore a, three foot long wool scarf that was just enough to go around the neck, twist a couple times and put a coat over it. But you could open it up and vent it too. So that was a, you know, kind of a brilliant piece of gear that still fits when you're talking about dress clothing. If you have one in a black or in a dark gray or something like that, still one of those colors you could still take out to the range and, and not stand out too much or use hunting and stuff like that, hiking, etc., um, and not look odd, but it works really well. Um, doesn't have to have the fringes on the end. So, um, gloves. I hate gloves. I have too many pairs of gloves. I, I hate I'm still gloves. Looking for the best pair. Haven't yeah the the right pair of gloves. Um, again, going to direct you like toward OR and probably Arcteryx. They do a myriad of different gloves, stuff from wool to synthetic fleeces that are fairly lightweight, durable. The one thing I found with Arcteryx gloves is that they are flipping durable. Um, I've had a couple lightweight pairs of their cloth, their fleece ones that I thought uh, these are not going to last. I still have them years later and still use them. Um, you know, and then do you need, do you actually need insulated gloves versus something lightweight? Um, and then do you actually need mittens? Is it getting that cold out? I think when we start talking mittens, we're on to a different conversation. Now we're on to the dead of winter. You're not talking yeah. about that. You know, mittens are often way too much and limit your dexterity and your ability to do things. Um, and if, if they're made for really, really cold weather, they're probably not really, really good for rainy weather generally. Um, so I believe mittens out of that conversation, but understand with gloves, you can still layer yeah, and the, the layering is really important because your hands will sweat. Yep. Especially if you're moving fast, rucking, or hiking, or whatever. Yep. So being able to vent through your hands becomes important yep. because clammy hands get cold real fast. Yes. Um, and along with gloves, uh, you know, something that, you know, we got introduced to, uh, one of our tribe um, had been to Afghanistan uh, with the Army and seen some cool guys running these muffs, like you see the pro football players wearing and stuff like that. Um, there's a couple different brands out there of muff. Uh, Eagle makes a really good one. Um, FHF makes a really good one. The guys at HRT tactical here locally make one that's brilliant. If you've got a plate carrier, um, the HRT product is like one of their like hangers or, or hanger type products Danglers. that dangler hanger, you know, that you literally pull up back a piece of Velcro, slide it in and Velcro it back down. Uh, it's got a little pocket. Most of them have little pockets for hand warmers. So you can throw a couple hand warmers in. Um, the HRT one, uh, and I would say the Eagle one to some extent, they're like a soft shell material. So they breathe a little bit, they shed water really well, and they're not too much. The one from FHF 
it's got to be all, you almost have to be standing still to use it. It's it's a lot, uh, but they're very versatile. Some come with belts, some are made to attach to plate carriers, etc. But look into a muff, something like that. I'm sure there's other companies that make them too. Um, but yeah, just a great way to add you know a little bit of coverage on there. Um, the the last thing I or not the last thing I guess, but something I, I want to throw out there real quick to talk about. Um, when you start wearing on the range specifically, start running guns, slings, armor, whether it's a plate carrier or, or just something carrying mags like a, an H harness or a, a, a roadie rig, chesty rig, whatever you want to do, um, you, you, you're going to have to figure out whether or not you want to run that you know, over or under your outer garments and stuff like that. Understanding that the trade-off, if you run it under your outer garment, it's a lot more low vis. Um, you know, it's less noticeable, especially if you're wearing a fairly minimalist rig, um, and it's going to keep your gear dry. It's going to keep stuff covered up. Most of that gear in that plate carrier probably shouldn't hurt it to be wet, but you know, it's that extra layer. Um, but you know, the consideration there is always going to be, you're protecting your gear and you're staying low vis, but how fast can you get to it? If you need to do a reload, if you need a knife out of your rig, if you need something else out of your rig, or you're chasing down some piece of snivel or admin gear, and now you've got to go through layers to get it. Um, there's some brilliant stuff out there, but it's uber, uber tactical and looks like it looks like tactical stuff. Um, and then there's some really cool stuff out there. That's a little lower profile. If you buy sized up, um, no one's really going to notice what you're rocking. You bought an oversized jacket here yeah. recently in the last year, um, that, that I think you could wear just about anything under and no one would really notice as long as you weren't kitted up with like, you know, 12 mags comms demo. Um, and you Most know, that stuff's going in an your, assault pack anyways. Your, your three extra mortar rounds, you know, yeah. that kind of shit. Um, so there, there's some good stuff out there, but understand that with sizing, if you're going to wear your plate carrier over your stuff, then you want to wear stuff that fits you appropriately. I would almost say like in an Alpine style fit yeah. where it's close to you with enough room to, to insulate if you're trying to insulate, um, enough room to not stretch too far and hurt the garment, but but fitting you properly. Um, if you want to put under it, you got to size up. So be aware of that. And that might mean buying two shells that you know or something like that. So you've got that option. And consider when you're buying those two shells, maybe one of them's gray, you know, maybe one of them something people no one's going to notice, and then maybe. the other one you're going to wear under your armor. Maybe it's a woodland type color, whether that's a brown or a green or a camo or something like that. Um, you know, but consider buying two of something like that. You know, the whole two is you know two is one, one is none kind of mentality. Um, the camo one might not look cool to wear to the OSU game when it's raining sideways, uh, but it'll probably still keep you dry. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, as you're looking at shells and stuff like that, you know, definitely considering that those size components. Um, and look to, to good manufacturers. When you start using on the range, you're going to chew it up probably just as bad, if not worse, as a hunter's going to chew it up in the woods too. So you're looking for that good quality gear, whether that's Sitka, whether that's ARC, whether it's Outdoor Research. Um, a bunch of companies make stuff like that now. So, but, you know, buy the good stuff. Uh, again, low vis, buying stuff from Sitka, those types of camo patterns to most people don't look like camo patterns. They look like something they see the hillbillies wearing on the hunting shows on TV. Uh, not realizing that they're ridiculously expensive and super, super functional in the mountains and, and out in the world. So, um, but you know, gear stuff, um, as you guys all know, you know, we're, we're gun nerds, we're ammo nerds, we're plate carrier nerds, we're optics nerds. Well, guess what? We're also kind of clothing nerds too. Uh, when you spend, you know, two or three days a month on the range, um, no matter what the weather looks like, whether it's raining sideways, whether it's, you know, 20 degrees, um, or what, or, or 95 degrees we're, we're out there. So you kind of get a, a decent beat on what works. Um, you know, and when you start talking to guys who work outside too, 
um, you know, figuring out what they've got to be and what your Mark One Mod Zero police officer probably has a decent idea about gloves, hats, and stuff like that, and layers because they're they got to be out in it whether they like it or not. So you know, maybe if you don't have the conversation with somebody who knows what's up with that, um, and that could be a soldier too. That could be a former soldier. Again, in the last 20 years, the gear got a lot better. So it's not like you know they're getting issued absolute crap stuff now. And talking to those guys about the Equix, the layering system, that's like a seven-level system. Talking to those guys about which parts of that work, which parts you might want to buy a surplus or not, uh, just to get an idea about, you know, hey, yeah. when I was in Afghanistan for a year, we had weather from here to here, temperature range-wise, weather range, rain range, altitude range. Um, these are the things that I found worked very well. These are the things that didn't, you know, learn vicariously through somebody else that's already, you know, kind of paid in pain. Yeah. So. Anything else to throw at that? Yeah, when you're looking for this kind of stuff, look for things that have some stretch panels built into it. Yep. Look for stuff that's gusseted properly. Yep. Um, when made, the, made the move. Made the move. Made the move. Um, with, especially with the pants, you know, think about, or I'm, if I'm buying shell pants, am I only putting these on over a base layer? Yeah. Can I also put them on over my jeans? Yep. You know, if I'm breaking down or something. Yeah, or absolutely. Just showing up uh, because the <clears> sizing for that stuff becomes really important yeah yeah absolutely um, you know, it, building that kind of flexibility in gets important yeah. uh, if you're looking for insulation layers to go under your plate carrier remember it's going to get squashed yep so your insulation either gets compressed and compromised or like fit and things get again really important yep um, yeah i mean that, that's definitely like the conversation around fleece versus even a synthetic puffy yeah. when you put your plate carrier on over a synthetic puffy it's made to collapse down and be small and you get your insulation's gone but over a rig relatively dense fleece that same fleece that's a pain in the butt to pack up and take anywhere yeah. doesn't compress under your plate carrier and still keeps you warm um, but you got to size up your plate carrier now so what size is it and how much adjustability do you have with it so back to fit yeah. matters so, yeah, yeah the uh, the patagonia the r1 if you don't have one of those, um, you should have two of them. Yeah. Because uh, they're they're great just all the time. Um, fleece jackets or fleece pullover type things. Yeah, the the R1 is a good one. Um, Outdoor Research does a similar like fleece with a hoodie. Yeah. Um, the Arc'teryx Naga pullovers you can often find on sale. They're brilliant too. Um, again, not necessarily fit to go out on the town. They're fit to be uptight against you and, and do what they're supposed to do, and they do a great job. So, yeah. Yep, yeah. yep. Cool. Anything else? Uh, oh, uh, venting. Being able to have you know zippers so you can vent. Um, you know, be able to, mm -hmm. to get rid of heat sometimes is just as important or more important than retaining heat. Yeah. Uh, because you can easily overheat and then become a heat casualty. Yeah. Uh, which is a bad thing to have happen. Well, or sweat out and then stop moving and freeze. Yeah. Um, yeah, pit zips. I love pit zips on shell jackets, and, and even to some extent on fleece jackets. Um, I think are a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, for the lightweight go fast crowd, a lot of that's gone away for some reason. They're putting vents in different places. Usually, you'll find them somewhere near like where your straps run on a backpack, because they're easier to get yeah. to. Um, those do work well. I, I just don't like them quite as well as pit zips personally. Um, but yeah, same thing with your pants, uh, shell pants. I do think having the the like zip to the hip version of shell pants. Yeah. Uh, let, most of those have zippers top and bottom and let you vent both ways. 
Um, so that's a lot easier to get on over boots. Yeah. Make a lot easier to put on and then they make it a lot easier to dump a lot of heat fast. I mean, your quads and your hamstrings and your glutes are a big muscle group. If you can unzip from the hip for eight or 10 or 12 inches, you can dump some heat really, really fast. If you're working hard, um, especially rocking or moving uphill, hiking and stuff like that, you can shed heat right now. Um, same thing with pit zips on a jacket. Um, you know, definitely keep an eye out for those types of things. Another uh, system that I really like. Uh, we talked about the Outdoor Research 4A pants. Um, they're pretty plain Jane. The jacket, on the other hand, unzips on the front with a dual zipper. You can unzip it from the bottom or from the top, either way, when it's zipped up all the way. And then they also run almost like a poncho kind of setup on the sides where it's a pit zip, but you can unzip it from the hem all the way up as well. And so, you know, if it's warmer out or you're moving really hard, you can really let some air in and then really quickly shut it back down. Uh, that 4A jacket is, is again, a brilliant, nice, yeah. nice design. So... Um, and very, very functional. The other thing, if you're running a gun outside the waistband or on a belt, you can unzip it around the gun and have it stay out of the way, kind of like some of the cop jackets. So really good stuff there. So yeah, good call on the Vinny. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, on that note, as we come across things like this, we tend to post them up to our social media. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I just search for Cap City Outfitters on both of those platforms. Uh, we do an email newsletter that comes out once a week. You can sign up for that on our website, capcityoutfitters.com, or send us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com, and we will happily add you to the newsletter list. Uh, on our website, you can find valuable information, such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com. And then come visit us. We're here in Hilliard, Ohio. We're at 4465 Cemetery Road. Uh, we're in the store 10 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. And we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Appreciate it.